0: You're listening to Better at English. Hi, English learners. Lori here, your teacher from betteratenglish.com. In today's episode, you're going to hear various people's thoughts, opinions, and feelings related to the F-word. No, not the swear word that you hear all the time in movies and TV. I'm talking about the other F-word.
1: When you hear the word fat, what thoughts and images come to mind? Some of you might think of fat as the extra 10 pounds you are currently trying to lose. Others might be thinking, hmm, I wonder what the fat content was in the bag of potato chips I had for lunch. And some of you, when you hear the word fat, might think back to that time in middle school when someone called you fat and how it has affected the rest of your life. Let's just admit it, fat can be a pretty loaded word no matter who you are. I'm here today to talk to you
2: about a very powerful little word, one that people will do almost anything to avoid becoming. Billion-dollar industries thrive because of the fear of it. And those of us who undeniably are it, are left to navigate a relentless storm surrounding it. I'm not sure if any of you have noticed, but I'm fat. (laughs) Not the lowercase, muttered-behind-my-back kind or the seemingly harmless, chubby or cuddly. I'm not even the more sophisticated, voluptuous or curvaceous kind. Let's not sugarcoat it. I am the capital
1: F-A-T kind of fat. I am
2: the elephant in the room.
1: There are lots of good fats, and I don't think fat on your body is a bad thing, and I don't think fat in your food means fat on your body, but it's been used as hate speech.
3: Fat can be a hateful word. It can destroy some people, but in some ways, fat can be good,
4: and depending on how you image yourself, your fat can actually be great. Yes, fat is a loaded
0: word that raises a lot of feelings, emotions, and associations. I'm taking a risk with this episode because, as you'll hear, conversations around fat and body size can quickly lead you into precarious territory, even if you have the best of intentions. It's a highly charged topic, but I think that's all the more reason to understand different people's perspectives on fat and being fat, and to have the language to talk about it sensitively. Apart from vocabulary related to the topic, in this episode, you'll hear many registers or styles of English, conversations, extracts from prepared talks like TED Talks, segments from interviews, and even monologues from people on YouTube. You'll also hear many regional varieties of English, as well as at least one non-native speaker of English. All in all, you'll hear a wide variety of authentic English, illustrating many of the ways people talk, think, and feel about fat bodies. You'll also be hearing people describe concepts such as body positivity, body shaming, concern trolling, and lots of general vocabulary related to the overall topic. I've put links to all of the sources you're going to hear in the transcript for this episode, which you can find at betteratenglish.com transcripts. They all come from videos, so I encourage you to follow the links so you can see as well as hear the language in context. So let's get started. We'll begin with a question. Is it appropriate to tell someone, You look great! Have you lost weight? At first glance, it seems like it could be a compliment. But is it really? I'm going to play an extract from the podcast, Inappropriate Questions. Listening to this podcast is what sent me down the rabbit hole of inquiry that led to this episode. In this podcast, the two hosts, Elena and Harv, talk to people who identify as fat or plus size to find out what they think about this question. Elena is from the USA and Harv is from India. They start off by talking about people's general attitudes towards weight in their different home
4: countries. When you were growing up in India, what were people's attitudes about weight like?
5: Uh, India had different uh, beauty standards, at least at that time. Right. So if somebody was a little what is considered an overweight here, Mm. uh was considered good uh, because that person had enough money to eat food right so so they used to use the word healthy mm. then again, things have changed there as well because again obesity have has become a problem in India so again, the attitude has changed uh, but at that time it was very very different
4: huh. That's interesting. Do you think right now India's beauty standards are kind of like the way they are here? Pretty much. Pretty much. So thinness is really valued.
5: Now, yes
4: and thinness is kind of associated with beauty and health
5: and uh, uh, yeah all, all those good things you you know even if you don't go to the gym it's assumed yes. that uh, <laughs> uh, you work out yes you get the automatic <laughs> yes. benefit of the doubt absolutely absolutely
4: i love seeing more body positive stuff on the internet these days i love seeing people who are trying to encourage more self love and self care but Sometimes I can't put that into practice. I go home, and I look at Instagram, and then I look at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, I, I know in my head that everybody is beautiful, but then I look at my body, and I'm like, no. I still feel bad <laughs> about it.
5: So sometimes they say ignorance is bliss, and yes. that's where I am. Millennials have a whole lot of tools, the social media tools. Yes. All I have is a mirror. Right. That helps me tie my turban. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so every day. I don't even, yeah, so I don't even look at uh, my body. <laughs> Next,
0: you'll hear Elena and Harv talking to a woman of size for her perspective on the question, have you lost weight? Her name is Steph Conover, but she likes to go by her stage name, Ivory. Here's how Ivory describes herself.
3: I am a mixed-race, six-foot dragon lady. (laughs) I'm a fire-breather, stage performer, and a whole lot of women.
0: (laughs) Ivory is also an athlete, a plus-size model, and is an active promoter of self-love and body positivity. You'll hear more about body positivity later. In the following extract, you'll hear what Ivory thinks about the question, Have you lost weight? You'll also hear her talk about what it was like growing up and living in a larger body and how the way she describes her own body has evolved over time.
4: Can you tell us about a time someone asked you, have you lost weight? Oh
3: boy, it happens all the time. It happens so often that I actually don't take it in anymore. Right. You know, I, I'll i style my hair differently. I'll wear a different article of clothing. And people think that it's complimentary to say, wow, you look great. Have you lost weight? Mm-hmm. And it's weird because mm-hmm. as somebody who's recovered from eating disorders, as somebody who still battles depression, there's part of me that actually has that instant boost of serotonin where I go, yeah. ah, I look right. great. Yeah. I'm skinny. Yeah. And then I'm like... Ish. <laughs> you are a plus size lady you have not lost any weight and if you had it'll probably find you and that's okay yeah you can exist at whatever size you exist at and be happy there hmm.
4: when's the earliest memory you have of maybe receiving messaging or internalizing a narrative about your body oh god probably
3: um five six years old wow Like You'd get invited over to a friend's house for dinner when you were a kid, Mm -hmm. and there's three other kids around the table who are average size and then little fat me, Mm -hmm. and their parents would portion control me as I'm sitting Mm -hmm. at the table. And we've all just come from gymnastics practice. (laughs) We've all just come from playing tag and riding bikes in the backyard, and I get half of what they get because their parent feels like they need to you know gauge my portions appropriately. Wow. You're not even my parent. What are exactly. you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I still remember developing early, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and being a young gymnast in a bigger body and my mother and my coach banded together to force me to wear a training bra when I was 8. And none of the other little girls had to wear a sports bra, but um quote unquote, the spectators were disturbed by my jiggle. Oh my God. What is that? I'm eight.
5: Okay. okay. Right? The mention no, of I'm, jiggle has harm on it. I'm right? yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And how do you not carry that with you, right? Yes. Yeah. yes. You know? And I don't think they they knew that they meant anything by it, but yeah. that harm still carries with you. That harm still sticks whether we realize it or not kids are really impressionable and they're consistently picking up and then parroting what um what they hear and what we say to them and so then that narrative was sort of etched into my daily life and that's when these behaviors started with mm-hmm. you know me having to justify where
4: I eat when I eat you know mm. I'm never sure what words I should be using when it comes to describing bodies mm. so whether it's plus size or Bigger bodies and smaller bodies or fat and thin? What words do you use to describe bodies?
3: If you got me three years ago, I would say don't use that word around me. It is a weaponized word and it's a word that we don't reclaim. Yeah. But absolutely, I do not feel that way now. I use fat all the time. Yeah. Fat bodies are a cool thing. It's a descriptive term. I'm trying to use it more often and get people to use it in a term that's sort of a generic descriptor versus carrying all this weight, you know, <laughs> mind the pun, nobody. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and, and really, though, it, it is a loaded word, and um, it is also just a, a plain descriptor. And I think the more that you um, disassociate it from uh, the pain that it may have caused, the easier it is to sort of reframe what that word can mean to you. And just the same way that I wouldn't mind if you called me a brunette, that's a descriptor. I shouldn't mind that you called me a fat babe, <laughs> like, you know?
5: As yeah. long as it's babe.
3: That, as long as it's a babe it's <laughs> fat.
5: Yeah, yeah. Now we're making <laughs> no negative Yeah. Right?
0: <laughs> as you heard, Ivory is perfectly okay using the word fat to describe herself. She's even trying to reclaim the word, rob it of its power to be hurtful, and just use it as a neutral, descriptive term. As she points out, and as we heard in the beginning of this episode— The word fat has not always been used that way. What does it mean to say that the word has been weaponized?
5: I want to uh, just uh, delve deep into two things. Sure. One, you said the word has been weaponized. Yeah. Can you elaborate on it?
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, growing up fat, your your weight is often the topic of discussions that it should never be part of. Uh, and people feel the right to be able to comment on you and your worth and your size based on how much space you take up, you know, literally, but also now I've come to, t- to learn metaphorically, right? Um, and so... The way that that r- word is sort of loaded up and fired at you perpetually when you're growing up, when you're still um, discovering your identity and who you are uh, and still finding your way is just atrocious. It's like to put you down. That's, that's it, absolutely. Okay. And okay. like, a- as with many other marginalized groups, mm-hmm. it just. Although it's a descriptive term, all of a sudden it's used against you and yeah. it's used to describe you as less than because you're more than. So, so is using it more commonly kind of taking the sting out of this word? That's it. And I think it really is the community at large who has turned around and said, we're going to embrace it. We're going to turn around and we're going to make it ours. Yeah. But no, totally okay with fat. I also use curvy interchangeably. Cool. Plus size. Yeah. There's all sorts of great ways. Great. Great.
0: One thing I learned about when researching this episode for you was the concept of concern trolling. I had not heard about that before, but once it was pointed out to me, I could think of lots of examples of where I had seen or heard it. Let's listen.
3: I think that the problem that gets thrown at fat people a lot is Mm -hmm. concern trolling. Hmm. There's a term for you. Have you heard of that? Uh, nope. Okay, so you know trolls, right? <laughs> yes. So concern
5: trolling. <laughs> My kid's called me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so concern trolling is a term for people who um, veil their criticisms mm-hmm. and usually their pre- prejudices mm-hmm. of uh, a marginalized group yeah. with um, concern. the underscore of concern, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, I have nothing against fat people. I'm just worried about her health. Yeah. It's not healthy. Yeah. It's BS because at the end of the day, you don't see people saying that about straight-sized humans. So yeah. why do we feel like we can pass that judgment? Yeah. And, and I think that we can absolutely try to encourage all of us to live our best lives. Yeah. But at the same time, at some point, we have to butt out. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, for sure.
0: Now, I hesitated about including this next example because some people might find it offensive. But it's a great example, I think, of the thinly veiled as constructive concern trolling that Ivory's talking about. Concern trolling is a way to be critical or even hurtful towards a person of size by expressing your criticism as concern for their health. In short, it's a form of body shaming that gives you plausible deniability. Here's an example from a YouTuber. The context is that he's complaining about people taking offense at what he calls constructive criticism. He believes that instead, they should use criticism, whether constructive or not, as a way to make themselves mentally stronger and tougher. He compares sparring and martial arts to improve your skill as a fighter with turning people's criticisms into motivation to make yourself a stronger person.
6: Find a friend, be like, yo point out my biggest weakness and make fun of it. Cause one of two things are gonna happen. One, it'll be motivation to fix it. Let's say you're fat, and yes, I said it. I'm not saying fat shaming. I'm not, because being overweight is not healthy, ask any doctor in the world. I'm not talking about being a little chubby, you know, I got a little chubby here. But I'm talking about, you know, when you're, we got 35% of people in America are obese and we're afraid to say anything so we actually harm them. We ain't helping them. No, no, no ask a medical doctor you think you know all you people triggered by talking about in the right way I'm talking about constructive criticism because when I box when I do Muay Thai or I do jujitsu It's constructive they're they're sparring with you. So you get better So yes, it is true that you could say it in a certain way about Mexicans or being obese That would be not constructive, but you know what even that's good training because some people in the world don't like you And the sooner you grow up and learn that some people aren't going to like you and they're just going to call you out just to hurt you, just to hurt your feelings, the tougher you get.
0: Here's another example, an extract from an interview talking about mean online comments and concern trolling. You'll also hear how the online community can be a source of positive support. There's a lot of hate on social media. Mm. like There's a lot of dickheads and trolls just waiting to cut people down. Yeah, But there's also a lot of positivity. Yeah. And, and what I found as a chick is that there's often a lot of other girls out there feeling the same as you and you kind of mm. get a, a bit of a sense of that collective,
7: hell yeah, we're in this together. Mm. That, like, I get that. Yeah. What are some of the more positive um, experiences you've had on social media? Oh my gosh, I have a really good one actually. Um, I'm, I'm not really active on Twitter anymore because Twitter has just kind of turned into this cesspool of hate. Twitter, I'm not on often, but when I used to be on it a lot, um, I remember once I went to a doctor just to get a prescription for the pill. Like, I literally walked in there, I just was like, I need to, like, get a prescription, I know what I need, thank you very much. And this doctor um, then gave me, like, a 10-minute lecture about being fat and about, you know, she was basically concern-trolling me, having no idea of what my history is, like, the fact that, you know, I've... I've had eating disorders and despite what I may look like on the outside, like, I'm actually the healthiest physically and mentally that I've ever been. And um, and I just felt so fat-shamed and so upset and I was crying and I went to the bathroom afterwards um, and I just tweeted, like, I just got fat-shamed by, by this doctor, like, I can't even believe it, I can't even remember what I said, and I just got flooded with supportive tweets from people.
0: Earlier in this episode, Ivory mentioned the concept of body positivity. Body positivity means different things to different people. You'll now hear various people talking about body positivity and what it means to them.
4: Body positivity. At its core, it's the idea that we should love our bodies, whether they be dark, light, thin, fat, abled, or disabled.
1: Body positivity, yeah, that, that's a huge thing for me. It's something I struggle with myself. Um, and like, I, yep. Yeah. I'm a middle-aged fat trans woman, and I, I, the word fat is something I find it very difficult to say. I find it very difficult to actually, it's probably the first time I've used this publicly to say that word. Um, the F word as I call it, um, and yeah, it's something I struggle with, like I, I look at myself, I, I hate photographs of myself, I hate seeing pictures of myself online. Um, I do it because I'm trying to be more positive about it. But this is me, this is, this is what I look like, you know, accept it or, or, or walk away. Um, but I still find it very, very difficult.
2: So feeling positive about our bodies can be really difficult. And I think we live in a society where sometimes it feels like there's a lot of pressure to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think media and social media can really make people feel like there's an ideal way to look. Yeah. Um, and how do you think we can go about getting around that? The pressure's there because society is like that. It's not just an illusion. you look on Instagram, or you'll look through magazines and there's a certain type of body type that you'll see, especially for women. And you rarely see roles or a larger body or a disabled body, um, stretch marks and cellulite. But one thing I'll say is there's no wrong way to be a woman. There's no wrong way to be who you are. And just because you see a certain type of body in the media, that does not mean that your body's not okay the way it is. It's just because society is messed up. And that's why I think it's really important to Uh, Create your own social media world, follow people that empower you, follow people that make you feel good about your body. That's on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. And also get outside. If you go to an actual beach, you'll see women of all different shapes and Mm. sizes, and you'll see stretch marks and cellulite. And that's the beauty of kind of getting out and seeing the world. But it is difficult. But like self-love starts within and, you know, it takes a while to build up. But eventually, um, I, I think that everyone can get to a place where they love who they are.
0: So body positivity sounds like a good thing overall, but that it can be difficult to put into practice. It sounds like something that can help many people develop a positive relationship to their own bodies. But things are never as clean and simple as they seem. Some people are critical of the body positivity movement for various reasons. You'll now hear actor, author, and neuroscientist Mayim Bialik talking about one aspect of body positivity that she finds problematic. As a general language note, her talk is a great example of how you might structure a formal talk or essay that's designed to present an argument with supporting evidence. This is just a short edit of a much longer talk that you can find on Mayim's YouTube channel.
8: Here's what's going on in my life lately. I can't look at my news feed without another story about a plus size model taking her clothes off in the name of empowerment, and it's making me a little bit nuts. Mayim, you're just a prude. Mayum, you're just jealous because you're not a skinny model. Mayum, you're sexy-shaming. Mayum, you're fat-shaming. Um... First of all, it's Mayam. And second of all, I'm not a prude. While I may be socially conservative, and I prefer that intimacy for the most part be a private matter, I understand that we live in a culture that celebrates sexuality and that sexuality is beautiful and healthy. And I'm not gonna lie, I have spent some of my life wishing I was pretty and skinny like other women, but I'm not constitutionally jealous of women. I'm mature enough to separate my issues and insecurities from the issues that I have surrounding women disrobing in the name of empowerment. The positive aspects of this uptick in women taking off their clothes are several-fold. When plus-sized models show themselves as desirable and beautiful, it opens up our society's notions of beauty, and that's a good thing. Many people do have rounder bodies, and it's a wonderful thing to celebrate women who actually exist. In addition, many women who have felt shame about their bodies not being model-perfect are seeing that bigger women can and should be celebrated for their beauty. This is empowering a lot of women to feel more comfortable in their relationships and their lives. Also a good thing. So what's Mayim so upset about now? Almost all of the models I see embracing their curves and talking about female empowerment are doing so by getting naked. So what's wrong with this? Well, I think the trap that we're falling into is that we start to equate empowerment, not with with strength or intelligence or confidence, but with sexiness.
0: Whether or not you agree with Mayim, her argument does add nuance to the concept of body positivity and how it's put into practice in public on social media. We all understand that talking about other people's bodies in disparaging terms is offensive, cruel, and hurtful. But it's not as obvious that the things we say about ourselves and our own bodies can also cause harm. This is called fat talk.
1: Fat talk is a term coined by researcher Mimi Nichter that refers to the disparaging way that friends talk about their bodies. Things like, do I look fat in this? Or she really shouldn't be wearing that dress. And I can't believe I ate that last donut. I feel so fat. Sound familiar? For many women, this is a normal part of life. But fat talk is also occurring when you compliment a friend on their weight loss. How many of you have ever told a friend that they looked good after they lost weight? Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, this positive affirmation Tells your friend two things. One, that they didn't look good beforehand. And two, that fat is a bad thing.
0: I don't know about you, but when I was on social media, there was no escaping this kind of fat talk. Especially around the holiday season, which in the Western world involves lots of food and lots of social gatherings that revolve around food and people tend to gain weight. Some of the body positive activists recommend eliminating any possible source of harmful fat talk from your life. Here's a, YouTuber. Here's a YouTuber in the body positivity community giving advice for how to stay body positive over the holiday season by ruthlessly curating what you expose yourself to on social media.
9: You know that one friend that you have on Facebook who keeps trying to sell you wraps or like Herbalife or some shit? Get rid of them. If you're scrolling through Instagram and you see a celebrity holding up a bag of detox tea and they're saying, oh I indulge so much over Christmas, time to get it right. Get rid of them. If your social media feed is just filled with people saying how bad they are and how guilty they feel and how much they're going to have to work out or deprive themselves and restrict their diets, just Block, delete, unfriend, mute, do what you've got to do. For the love of God, do it. We don't get to control what we see and what we hear every day when we go out into the world, but we can at least control what is on our social media feeds, what we are consuming online. So if you've got anything on there that is detrimental to your mental health, that is making you drown in diet culture and feel like you're a failure, just Get rid of it. Again, it is more important for you to have that safe space than to be polite to a bunch of people on the internet, most of whom you probably never see or have never even met.
0: So, having heard all of this, let's circle back to where the whole thing started. Have you lost weight? Is that an appropriate question, ever? Here's Ivory's
4: take. Do you think have you lost weight is an inappropriate question? I'm trying to think of it in a context where it wouldn't be. Uh,
3: If somebody's going really public with their weight loss journey and they need you to Mm -hmm. champion them and you see them and they're hoping that you notice that they've lost weight, I guess it could be positive. But again, as somebody who's recovered from an eating disorder, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I worry about that kind of disordered thinking. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Where we're rewarding each other for having less mass
4: right it's such
3: an alien thing right yeah like like i truly believe there's life on other planets and i wonder if they want uh run around worrying about how how much gravity affects them mm-hmm. the yeah. way that we do here yeah you know because it's nuts yeah. and why like why do we need to co- comment on each other's mass mm-hmm. yeah. but it's still this weird attainable um tangible compliment mm-hmm. yeah. to some people mm-hmm. um like mm-hmm. for me i just kind of don't comment on people's weight at all but yeah. it's weird we have no problem being like you cut your hair yeah, it looks yeah, great yeah. Mm-hmm. so i guess it's like you lost weight it looks great seems like an mm-hmm. okay zone yeah but you you have to understand the context that happens behind that you don't necessarily know has a person been sick mm-hmm. yeah. have they been stressed yeah did mm-hmm. they just lose someone mm-hmm. yeah you yeah. know
5: yeah, but if somebody is telling you each day, I, I've started going more to the gym and I've started cutting down on my carbs. So how about just,
3: you look great. Very good. Yeah. Very
5: good. Excellent.
0: <laughs> In this episode, we've only scratched the surface of what is an extremely complex and nuanced topic. But I hope that it gave you something to think about, something to discuss, as well as lots of interesting examples of authentic English around the topic of fat and weight and talking about bodies. We all have bodies, whether they're fat, thin, or somewhere in between. But do we really need to comment on them? I don't have an answer, but I do think it's worth thinking about. Remember that links to all of the extracts you've heard today are listed in the transcript and show notes for this episode, which you can find at betteratenglish.com transcripts. Until next time, this is Lori signing off from Better at English Headquarters, Wishing you an inspired and productive day. Bye for now.